her to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. And we are live. Everybody, it is the Salt Lake sit-down. I've kind of given up on calling episodes uh, because it gets tiresome for me to try to remember, you know, is this episode 50? Is it 35? Is it 12? Is it 103? So I'm, I'm not doing that anymore. We're just going to go by the fact that it's whatever our current topic of the day is. And before we get into it, there's a few things I want to address right now from the start, just so people understand and, and know that, you know, we're, we're being clear. Today's episode that Joe and I are going to talk about, one of the main topics is obviously the name of the title. It's Crazy Bitches. Now, for my part, I can't speak for Joe, but for me, this isn't a wham and bad slamming on the women thing. This is more almost like an AA meeting where you as the guy watching, whether you watch in this live right now or you watch it as the replay, it's a way for you to say, hi, my name's Rob and I'm into crazy bitches, okay? It's more about being aware of what gets you going, you know, and figuring out why do you like them. Not that they're bad. There's a lot of great things about so-called crazy bitches, but there's also some some shit that it's like you're only going to get that in a crazy bitch so i wanted to make that very clear from the get-go this isn't women are shit and they suck and all of that it's not about that at least not from my end it's just that we're going to be talking about crazy bitches but right before we get to that i have to ask joe how you feeling buddy how are you a uh, tiny bit under the weather to be honest with you ah. Well, I'm doing an excavation in New Orleans for an archaeologist where they uh, they're looking to demo this big area. It's a big parking lot, and they have to dig for the uh, historical contents of the land before they let the people just come in and bulldoze. And it has been so fucking dry. And the way my machine's positioned, all the dirt you know flies right back into the cab. And oh Jesus! Ten hours a day, so I don't get much of a uh, reprieve from that. But Hopefully by the end of tomorrow, we'll be done. Perfect. I like the sound of that. Good deal. And and there's a lesson for you, kids. If you want to go like into construction or stuff like that, something that now that Joe brought it up that I, I can sit here, we could have that show at some point and be like, let's talk about our jobs and the things that are great, the things that aren't, the things that you didn't know until you've done it. That it's like, like you say, like dirt and dust and shit flying back into the cab at you. Yeah. The things that most people, if they've never done it, they'd have no idea. And even if you've only done it a little bit, you'd be like, oh, wow. Either you have some type of device that keeps that shit off you. You got a state of the art bang, bang. Or it's you got lucky because otherwise when it's nice and dry and dusty, you're sucking snot. You're, you're eating fucking dirt. You know, so you got to wear not only, you know, uh, safety glasses just to protect you from flying heavy shit hitting you in the eyes, but even to keep the dust out of your eyes. Well, this week is the first time I've been on a machine since I'm like 22. So 
So it's been a minute for you. So it's almost like starting all over again. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Okay. Some some of it came back pretty quick, but yeah. It was yeah, but like that, like, oh, shit, I forgot about the dust and dirt particles part of the job. Yeah. Yeah, right. And real quick, guys in the chat, um, Joe was asking me before the show. He was hearing, like, some crackling or whatnot when I was talking. How is both our audios to you guys? I'm, I'm curious because on my end, I'm not hearing any kind of crackle, any kind of problems. And so I'm wondering maybe it's Joe's headphones or maybe you guys are picking it up too, which means then the sound is coming from my end and I need to work on it. So how do, how do we sound, guys, other than just typically annoying like usual? I'm still hearing it. I don't know what yep. everybody else is hearing. Okay. Well, Atham's saying we're good and McTubus is saying we're sounding good. So it's on your end. Well, it must be me. What the fuck? Okay. It's a bit bright. Okay. That's interesting. All right. That's that's a setting that I'm going to have to look into to see if I can tweak that out a little bit to kind of just really dial it in. Uh, the high frequency. Okay. Thanks, Icarus. I know what you're talking about. Okay. Yeah, that's something I can look into. Not going to worry about it right now on today's episode, but going forward, there's I can fix that. So good. All right. So it, it sounds like it's your end, Joe. Okay, so anyway, crazy bitches. Crazy bitches. Joe, do you want to, I mean, you told me what happened last night. And, and if you want to share some of it, all of it, none of it, dude, the floor is yours. I want you to kind of start this off because it was your call to me that kickstarted this whole show today. Um, I don't know. What do you think? Should I just disclose it and say what the fuck happened? I, I would, but that's me because that's how I roll. I, I don't hold much back from my audience. I don't, I, I prefer just being honest that that's me, but you, you divulge as little or as much as you want. How about like a condensed version? Not okay. Well, yeah, well, we don't need to spend two hours going over the nitty gritty details, but you know, you can decide how much you want to tell these guys. All right. Here's the short version. Me and my girl went out last night, started to have fun, got in a little bit of, of an argument over something really fucking stupid. It blew up into a thing. We went home and argued some more, and it turned out at the end, she pulled a gun on me, and I took the gun. <laughs> so, and and that is the, the Cliff Notes version. There's more to it, but we don't need to get into the details, but you're correct. When Joe told me that, when he's like, dude, my girl just pulled a gun on me. And I'm just like, what? Holy shit. Things just got real. Okay. And, but here's the thing as I, I've thought about it, cause Joe and I talked for some time about that particular instance about, you know, that, what happened there. But we also talked about some other things and it got me thinking about my past and every woman I've, dated or been with for any any time really on some level they're crazy and and that's not news to anybody that's dialed in because it is that a walt all women are like that all women do have a level of crazy to them it's just how far does that level go is it they might cry is it ultimately like joe where fuck the woman just pulled a gun on you I mean, that's, that's about as real as it gets in my world. But I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, well, my ex-wife was a nut job. 
Uh, the ex-girlfriend was crazy, but to a lot lesser degree. And even Teriyaki, the girl I'm seeing right now, she's fucking crazy. Okay. She, when I first met her, probably about two weeks into getting to know her, she tells me this fucking story. So since it's story time, since you gave a story, I'm going to give one. And she said, because she mentioned her, what she called the psycho. And I'm like, well, who's the psycho? And she goes, that's my ex-boyfriend. And I'm like, doing the whole, do tell. I want to know. I want to know, what am I getting myself into? Is this guy going to be in the picture? What's going on? What's your take? Because the truth is, guys, when it comes to truth, there's always two sides to a story. Sometimes three or four. But in this case, she was telling me her side. And long story short with her, they had a lot of drama. And it, the... The crescendo, the culmination, the climax, whatever you want to call it, was Teriyaki ended up in jail just overnight, but she ended up going to jail because of a fight that turned physical. Uh, apparently, she uh, kicked the living shit out of the her ex-boyfriend, which from what I understand what she says, this guy's built more like Joe. He's, he's not a little dude. He's a pretty big guy. But she was the one, well, they both, from what she told me, they both ended up going to jail. And it was there that she kind of had a, an epiphany, I guess, or a realization. Because she's sitting there in fucking jail with a bloody shirt because of his blood, her blood, all over the front of it. It looks like she'd just murdered somebody. And she's sitting there going, this is, this is not where I wanted to see myself. I didn't want to see myself at 34 years old, well, 33 at the time, sitting in jail on charges for assault, charges for domestic violence. Because uh, when the cops showed up, everybody in this instance went to jail. Even he did. And, and when I heard that, I was like, oh, you're fucking crazy, okay? And it's not a judgment. It's not me saying she's a bad person, but she went to jail. Well, to me, going to jail kind of puts you in that category. Yes, there's context. Yes, there's, well, the laws are in favor of blah, blah, blah. Kind of like Joe's situation. He got the fuck out of there because if he hadn't and the cops showed up, Joe would have ended up in handcuffs because that's kind of the default. It's usually the guy that gets removed, even if he didn't start it, even if he did nothing and just kind of stood there and just took it, kind of like what Joe did. It's, I know in Utah at least, not that, you know, women can't go to jail for domestic violence, but if there's a mark on her and there's a mark on you, bare minimum, you as the guy, you're going to jail. That's just how, how it is when the cops get involved. Somebody's going to jail, okay? Now, if you have no marks and she does, you're fucked. If you have all the marks and she doesn't, at least in Utah, she's fucked. They'll take her to jail, okay? My ex-wife, when I met her, had spent a night in jail, uh... I don't remember the details now. It's been long enough. But most of the women that I've encountered have had some sort of run-in with law enforcement. And it's because they did stupid shit. They were crazy. Okay, That doesn't mean they're bad people. Teriyaki, she's actually a sweet girl. And she puts on a big front. She barks like a big dog, but in reality, she's not a big dog. And it's not just because she's a woman. She uses her, I'm Billy Badass, in order to keep people at arm's length so that they can't hurt her. I know the truth. And so I know that it's like, I can deal with you. 
because she her craziness is dialed down to like a five with me. Her craziness extends to other things that I know I can deal with. But it's like, ah, this isn't going to be an issue. And if it was, I would leave. Whether it's a temporary leaving that, hey, I'm going home. I'll When you cool off tomorrow, we'll talk, whatever. Or it's, I'm done. Fuck this. I'm out. But she's crazy. The ex-wife was crazy. Uh, my Costa Rican girl I had about a year and change ago, she's fucking crazy. Kitten, my Wiccan pagan voodoo goddess. She's fucking nuts. Okay, They all are. Why? Well, because they're women. But why do I keep going to that? Why Why is it that I go towards crazy women? Well, that's what I was bringing it up to talk yep. about that. Why does that happen? Yep. Why does that happen? That's what That's what this show's about. So for me, and, and I think Joe will agree because he was the one that was kind of like, and, and I'm paraphrasing to a degree and Joe jump in at any time. But one of the things he said last night to me that really like put the light bulb on was he said, man, basically I, I'm not into stable sane women. They do nothing for me. It's the crazy chicks. And in a lot of ways, it's the sex. The best sex I've ever had when it comes to women have been from bona fide crazy chicks. They will do anything and they'll do it willingly and with enthusiasm. And to be honest, they've probably done it before you and probably did it better, for lack of better words. That whatever your fantasy is, you think it's kind of out there and kind of edgy. Chances are she's already done it and it's the guy she did it with. It was way more edgier with him than it will be with you. And that's why, at least for me, I know why I'm drawn to crazy girls. I like their, I like the sex. I like the, uh, the, the a lot of them are kind of free spirits. They don't get very jealous very often, but when they do, you got to watch out. But a lot of times it just means they really deeply care about you. And so you have to figure out what level of crazy you're dealing with and is it acceptable because they're all crazy. You're never going to find a, a totally like rational, stoic, sane woman. They don't exist. It's it, They're not wired that way. And that's where I think a lot of guys, that's when they get into conflicts or they get confused and they're like, why do they do these things? And it's like, oh, you're assuming she thinks like you do. And they don't. They think completely differently. And you're never going to cross that chasm. There is a gap between men and women that cannot be crossed because it's biologically embedded in, in us. Well, so part of that, part of, part of the draw of a crazy woman is the, I think you will agree with me here that the beginnings are really good. Mm -hmm. So you go and feeling a, a little bit of hope about the whole situation. You know, she's a little fucked up, but the beginning is so damn good. You get love bomb and before you know it, you're in it. It's, it just happens like that. Yep, and you're you know it falls deep in it. Yes. And and that's funny. I'm glad you brought that up, Joe, because I know in the past I've seen guys, you know, they start throwing around the the alphabet of BPD. Oh, she was a BPD chick. And it's like, she could have been, but I'm not a doctor. I, I don't have enough medical experience or psychological experience to make that diagnosis. And unless you happen to be a doctor, you probably don't have the the expertise to make that kind of a clinical diagnosis either, okay? 
But most of the guys that are throwing around the words BPD or, or borderline personality disorder, you would think every other woman out there is BPD when in fact that is not true. Most women are not BPD. It's a very small percentage of the population. I think it's like two to four percent, which means if you date enough, you will run into it. You will. But then that's when you're going to be like, oh shit, all this other, all these other times that I thought was BPD. Yeah, that's not BPD. No, a lot of men often uh, conflate BPD with a bitchy woman that you like get away with too much. And boom, bingo. Okay. It's, if anything, when I see guys throwing around, oh, she's BPD, I'm actually looking at it going, one, I, now I, I, I don't believe that's the case. And number two, if anything, it says more about him that it's like, oh, you're pissed off and bitter because she didn't follow your script. She had wants, desires, opinions, all of that on her own. And because she wasn't doing, and saying the things that you were expecting from her, now she's BPD. When the reality is, no, she's just another human being that has her own wants, needs, and desires that just happen to not fit your script. And so then to me, it becomes, eh, maybe you need to look in the mirror a little closer and, and ask yourself, is, is, the, is it my expectations? Or is it she's genuine, genuinely BPD? It can be either way, but I think more often than not, it kind of falls back on you as the guy that's claiming she's BPD to say, maybe you have a certain script or a certain agenda here, one of these covert contracts, and she's not fulfilling it, and so now you're pissed. And you're throwing it at her, much like women tend to throw blame at the guy. You know, every woman on the planet that their ex-boyfriend or ex-husband, every one of them was fucking abusive. Well, then that means, you know, 90% of the men in the world are abusers. It's not true. That's just a good story to tell everyone to make yourself feel better and to not be wrong instead of sitting back and going, God, I was an asshole. You know, I fucked up. I did some stupid shit. But that's what I think a lot of the, the guys that when they throw around BPD, that's what's going on there. That if anything, they're not looking at themselves and going, what am I doing or not doing in this relationship, whatever it may be, whether it's short term, medium, long, a 20 year marriage, it doesn't matter. But what are you as the guy doing or not doing that may be creating this or allowing it? As Joe said, you're, you're letting them get away with certain things. You know, but that doesn't necessarily mean she's broken or bipolar or uh, borderline personality. It just means she has her own agenda and there may be cases where, yeah, you let that slide one time too many and now that's what she's going off of. Well, that's usually the case. Yes. You're going to get the, uh, you gave an inch, they take a, a mile and that's just the way it is. That's the way a woman is going to behave. She's going to test. And if you let the little things go, it, it snowballs. It keeps building and building and building. But the, those little unassuming tests are the things that turn into the big deals, like the life change and shit where they try to change as a man, like they really will. And so a lot of the guys say BPD, they throw it around like, you know, nothing. Chicks say narcissism and abusers. Right. Like Which is typically the, the male counterpart. Yes. Is the narcissist. And if you ever... Uh, interacted with a narcissist or a woman with borderline personality disorder, you'll know. It's very clear. 
And you really will. It's nothing like uh, being in a bad argument with your woman over and over or being beaten down by her, you know, over and over. That's not borderline personality disorder or narcissism. Right. It's her resenting you and having contempt. Yes, uh, that's that's what I would agree with right there. That that was probably the biggest thing. And so getting back to the idea of, you know, if BPD is the pinnacle of crazy bitch, odds are the women you've been with. I mean, I know Mick Tubas brought something here. He said, might be my expectations, but in the hundreds I've had to deal with most professionally, they all have massive mood swings and do crazy, unexpected things. Uh, I think part of it is, because I, I kind of know what McTubus does, if if memory serves me correctly. That may be different because that attracts a very specific type of woman as far as employment goes. If we're talking about the same thing, Mick. And it's like, yeah, you might be running into that more because of the your professional environment tends to foster and want those type of women because they are the ones that are willing to do whatever. And can he, can he say what he does or does he keep it down? That's uh, He's told me, but I don't recall him saying it publicly, so I'm not going to say it. It, it will be on him if he wants to say what it is. But he's told me privately what he does. I'm interested. Well, it's, dude, it's it's cool. You know, it's, it's really cool. And so in that respect, I think it's your experience because of your occupation since you brought up the, the most professionally thing. Where I, like I said, based on the occupation and based on the type of women that tend to go to that occupation, that makes sense to me. That it's like, oh, well, duh. Water is wet, the sky is blue. But for the guys who are doing average jobs and dating average women, um, I think the BPD thing is a lot less. Okay, th- here we go. He works in porn. Oh, okay. okay. Cool. Wh- which is why I, I have been saying what I've said. That, I, that one, I think, is an outlier because you're in a very specific um, industry. I mean, it's, that's pretty accurate. I, yeah. Every every woman that I interact with, all the women from my mother to the woman I date, all the same mood swings at some point. Uh, I'll, your moodiness, it's these emotional swings. They need emotional turmoil. Yes. At some point. Yes. And they're hardwired for. It. And if they're not getting it, they're going to create it. Yep. That's that whole manufacturing indignation. Yeah. Okay. And 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 it's not bad. It just is. And that's also part of why I wanted to do this show today, because when Joe and I were talking, from my perspective, everything he brought up to me, I'm looking at it going, there are certain aspects that, yeah, I don't want that in my life. It's like, oh, fuck that. But that doesn't mean, one, that she's a bad person, because from what I gather, she's not. And number two, it doesn't make Joe a bad person. Or make him a fuck up or whatever. It's like, no, Joe just is into what Joe's into. And this ends up being one of the things that came out of it. And that's where I, I looked at this more like a like an AA meeting. That, hi, I'm Rob and I'm into crazy bitches. And anyone else can say, hi, Rob, and shake my hand. And maybe down the road, if I want, I'll get my 30-day coin or something. Like they do in AA. 
But to me, it's like, they're all kind of crazy. Um, you're not going to understand them because they're not you. They're not men. They're not wired like men. They never have been. They never will be. That is that chasm that cannot be crossed. So you can accept it and realize you're not always going to understand them, but you can still enjoy them and they can still bring a lot of value to use that term. They can bring a lot to your life. It's just a matter of how far are you willing to go? How much are you willing to, um, how much are you willing to tolerate? Well, that's what I was going to say about understanding them. Bring it, bring it. Because I think like, you can learn to understand women, but how much are you willing to tolerate? Because we don't operate like that. We don't operate, you know, emotionally where me personally, I avoid anything emotional, whether yeah. it be positive or, or negative. And like women talking, I work with guys where we don't talk for about six hours at a time, total silence. And nobody gives a shit. You with a woman for 30 minutes, not even 30, 10 minutes. Why aren't you talking? Why are you being so quiet? This, you, know, you can understand them, but understanding them is one thing. What are you willing to tolerate or like what is what are the characteristics that are unfavorable to you that you can overlook or work through or whatever you want to, however you want to put it but you can understand them I, I i i'm of the opinion that i mean i guess i don't remember who did the actual quote if it was like uh it was either a uh, a philosopher or somebody but somebody did a quote and i'm i'm not going to get it exact but i'm going to paraphrase it and it said, when it comes to women, you can either understand them or love them, okay? And I don't remember who said it, and that's not their exact words. But that one really kind of hit me. Because at least when I tried to understand women, that's when I had the most conflict with them, uh, got into the most arguments, the most uh, disagreements, the most fights. And when I finally got to a point where I realized... I'm, I, I can try and understand them, but then I'm not really going to like them or want to be around them or I can just love them. And when I did that, where now, why did she do that? Ah, because she could. Ultimately, that's what it comes down to. She did whatever it was because she could, whether that's you tolerating it or society tolerating it or whatever. And anyone that is determined to do whatever it is they want to do, you're not going to stop them. If a guy wants to break into your house, he's going to break into your house. If a guy wants to steal your car, he's going to steal your car. That doesn't mean, you know, leave the keys in it and leave it unlocked and invite him in. But realize that all of your countermeasures and your defenses to, to protect yourself from whatever, if somebody is determined to break down those defenses, they will. And that even goes back to the idea of, you know, the crazy bitch. A lot of times you can see it early on if you pay attention, but every now and then it'll be what I call dormant. It's there, but it's just asleep right now. And it could take a year, sometimes longer before it shows up. And then at that point, you might be invested like Joe brought up where you've been with her for some time. You've got feelings and then all of a sudden the crazy shows up and you're like, holy fuck. And you don't want to just walk because, dude, I got like two years into this. It is that relational equity thing, but you have to – just leaving is not always the best answer. Just saying, fuck it, I'm out. It's like eh, you might be throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Well, here, here's the difficult like, thing Yeah. When, when it comes to that. when So as men, we tend to take accountability. 
I'd argue that we take more accountability than we should. Absolutely. We love to white knight and take on the responsibility. Yes. So despite seeing the red flags, which look, I admit it, I saw some red flags in the beginning. And I think every guy does when he has to experience a woman like this, a crazy bitch. And even like, even if you don't understand like womanizing and dating and you know how to have sex and pick up and all, you see red flags. Like, you know, deep down something's off. You may not know exactly what it is, but you know, something ain't right. That does it that you don't agree with. That could definitely be a problem down the line. But then once you have invested some time and as men who take accountability and women do the opposite, they don't take accountability or responsibility for anything. So we're prone to stay and try to do things different as the man in the relationship, take on the responsibility of, you know, changing things, doing things right, doing things better, whatever you want to call it. But that's, um, that's a big issue when it comes down to realizing that something's wrong after, you know, whatever months, or you have something really invested in and they will by default, try to flip it on to you. And you will by default reflect on that. Like you might say right then and there, like, no bullshit. That ain't my fault. You know, don't hang that shit on me. But when you walk away as a man, you're going to think about it. It's going to go through you. You're going to reflect on it at some point and say, maybe I could have done this. Maybe I could have done this different. And the, the danger in doing that is like down the line, you'll start taking responsibility for everything and she'll hang it on you. That was my, uh, that was my whole point about what you were saying about just leaving or. I, and I get that. Um, it's like we, as men, we do, we do love to take responsibility, but there is a point where, and I think, uh, the thought that occurred to me when Joe was just finishing up there was we want to, you know, we tend to be self-reflective in a lot of cases and we end up owning things that aren't necessarily ours. Uh, I think we may as as a as a uh, what a gender we may be wired for that. My thoughts is it's kind of like taking an exam when you've got a test and you have multiple choice answers. You're not sure about the question, but your gut answer is B. Odds are more likely than not that is accurate. And it goes with women, I think, as a man that when when like Joe said. You know, you guys get in an argument and your immediate thoughts are bullshit. You're the asshole here. Well, did you hear what I say about uh, what I said about the red flags or did you leave? Yeah. No, I heard it. It's, okay. it's the same idea. It's you have to own it. You have to look at it and just go, okay, it is what it is. And in my opinion, drop the morality, drop the, well, it's good, it's bad, it's right, it's wrong. Because while I'm not saying, you know, be immoral or whatever, I'm not, but morality is fluid and it is subjective. What I consider moral, you may not and vice versa. And therein is where you're going to run into problems, where if you can kind of come at it amorally, you're, you're taking morality right out of the equation and you're just looking at the hard truth that, okay, she did this. Or he said that, and this is how it is. You don't attach good or bad to it. You just, this is what it is. You'll have a, a better understanding and a clearer picture. And then at that point, you decide, is it acceptable? Is it not? Do I leave? Do I not? But you then at that point, you can apply your morality to it. 
and say, okay, I've got a line in the sand, and if you fucking cross it, we're done here, okay? Nothing wrong with that. You should have standards. Most guys don't. But maybe suspend the morality for a minute when you encounter something. It's hard, especially when you get caught up in the moment, you get emotional, and I get that. But that would be the, I guess, the ideal is suspend your morality for a minute and just look at it for what it is. Whether you like it or not is irrelevant because in a lot of cases, what you like or don't like is going to be irrelevant. It's not going to matter what you think. It is what it is. What, what are you dealing with? And how can you make it better for you or make it work for you and ideally not escalate it where it gets even worse? And if it does, what's your plan B? Oh, she's really going off the walls now. Maybe you need to leave permanently or maybe just for a few hours a day, but put some space between it and let things calm down. But that's that's kind of the thing here, guys. They're crazy, but they're not bad. And even in my book, the majority of them aren't even broken, to throw that term around, where guys talk about broken women. And it's like, um, Kitten, my pagan voodoo priestess girl, is one of the craziest women I've ever dealt with. She had a very good relationship with her father before he died. So she doesn't have daddy issues. She doesn't, you know, she's not trying to gain the approval of daddy or rebel against daddy. It's just who she is. And she's done it most of her life, if not all of it. I'd say all of it. This woman's even older than me, okay? And she still acts like the most responsible teenager in the room. She's not a bad person. It's just, this is who she is. It's worked for her. That's why she does it. Does it work for me? And if it does, great. Then it's not an issue. Go with it. If not... Well, I have a line, you crossed it, and now I have to go because I'm not tolerating any of that bullshit. But just know yourself, guys, or know thyself. And I, because I've encountered guys that have said to me, why is it that I'm attracted to crazy bitches? And all I can think of is because the pussy is fucking phenomenal. Oh, yeah. Because it is. The best sex I've ever had have always been with crazy chicks. And so, of course you're attracted to crazy. Nothing wrong with that. It's how much crazy can you deal with? How much crazy can you tolerate? Because you're not going to change her. You're, you know, to use the, the other term, you're not going to turn a hoe into a housewife. Right? You're not going to somehow magically get the crazy to go out of her. You may be able to tune it down where, you know, with Joe's experience, let's pretend for a minute that was teriyaki. She, you know, if she pulled a gun on her ex-boyfriend, it would definitely give me pause. That it's like, whoa, that's, that's one of those line things for me. Oh, you're going to pull a gun on me? You better fucking use it. Otherwise, I'm taking it from you and you ain't going to like it. Okay. But there are signs that will get you to, that if you pay attention, you can see that, oh, this is ultimately going to culminate with a gun to my head. Do well, I want to deal with that? And if you can, then do it. If not, don't. Here's the thing. In okay. the beginning, and even as uh, like close to now, as six, seven months ago, the crazy was dampened because of the way I responded to it. There was very low tolerance for that shit. And if I could sense like an argument where there's going to be yelling and, you know, just a uh, toxic argument, I would leave. 
and she knew that. So it happened. It was very rare. What happens is the longer you go, the more comfortable you get. And so what that results in is you start letting shit slide, right? Am I right? Yes, absolutely. And then, so, and it's so subtle, you don't even realize the little subtle changes that are taking place. The fights get worse. She gets more sassy in attitude. And I can't speak for every man, but I know for me, I'll start chalking it up to shit. She had a long day. I probably should not have approached it like that. And you start making excuses for the situation because you're in it when it's just allowing bad behavior and allowing that crazy to ramp up, you know, to, yeah. But if, and if you draw that line and have those boundaries from the beginning and enforce, the boundary is going to be tested. That's what boundaries are made for. All women, all women, and and even men too. Everybody's, well, excuse me. Everybody's going to test your boundaries. Any boundary you put out there for any reason is going to be tested. tested. That's the design of a boundary. But it's usually about two or three times if you stick to your guns and do exactly what you said you were going to do, it really doesn't get tested much after that. But if you let even, uh, like if you say, you know, if we're going to be together, this is the tone of voice we talk to each other. It never goes higher than that, even if we have a disagreement. And, you know, here comes the argument and she does yell at you and you stay there. And you try to talk her down. Well, she knows. Well, she just got away with that. Yep. And, and that's a you know, obviously, I'm pretty sure everybody knows what happens when you let the shit slide and let it cross the boundaries, or anybody for that matter. But it just starts compounding into you an absolute doormat who is not respected whatsoever. Yeah, as an extreme case, I would agree. Which a lot of guys do go there because they don't, they don't have any boundaries, and they don't have enough. Self-awareness, I guess, would be the buzzword. They're, they they don't understand themselves enough to realize that, hey, guess what, buddy? You're part of this equation. It, you know, it, it, it does take two to tango. And so what is your part? But don't go off the deep end owning all of it. There comes a point where you have to look at it and go, yeah, this part, this here, me allowing that shit, yeah, that's on me. But these other things that led up to it, those weren't mine. Those were hers. And you have to decide, is it worth it? And if it is, then you leave temporarily or you you do something else, but you stick around. But if it's not, that's when you have to say, okay, well, even though I've been with this woman for four years, 10 years, 20 years, it doesn't matter. You have to ultimately say, okay, I'm done with this. And then if you walk, you walk and you don't you never look back. That's at least been my experience with yeah, and you go in with the understanding that the boundaries are going to be tested. Shit's going to happen. You're going to be crazy. She's going to be crazy. You know, that's that's normal. And I know people like to paint this picture that you're this supposed to go in and be this, you know, alpha male, gorilla, you know, leader of the pack of the household and the family. And she's always going to be pleasant and bring you sandwiches and rub your feet and give you head all the time. That's not how it works. But you can maintain an upper hand in the relationship and make it to where it's there's way more good and positive than there is a negative interaction. That's attainable. It is. And and that's I'm glad you said that because that's kind of how I look at the idea of, you know, the term crazy bitch. They're all crazy. It's what can you manage and what is acceptable. And a lot of times when you do that, when you know where your boundaries are and you know where your cutoff line is, everything else as it comes up and it will all come up eventually, 
you get to decide, is this something I can tolerate or do I walk ultimately? And when you do that, not only do you kind of garner their respect, but they tend to not be as dialed up with you as they are with other people in a lot of cases. Uh, I look at teriyaki. She's never once raised her voice to me. She's never once uh, raised a hand and gotten violent with me, even though she confessed that she'd had a very volatile relationship where her and her ex-boyfriend, like I said, it ultimately ended up in both of them sitting in jail cells. That's how, how bad it finally got. Okay. And she would keep going back to him. And I just told her, cause speaking of boundaries, I was like, you know what? You want to go back to him? That's your business. You're going to talk to him. That's your business. I'm out if you do, because I don't need it. I don't need it. I don't want it. You guys are more than welcome to have each other and to give her credit because that's just, I give her, I give her credit where credit is due. She wants nothing to do with him. She's like, oh no, fuck that guy. You know, I don't want anything to do with it because it's just going to escalate further where somebody's going to end up dead is the way that relationship was going. Okay. Well, she doesn't get crazy with me other than the, the, uh, the baseline crazy that all women have. Otherwise she's, she's a pretty sweet girl. You know, she doesn't get angry very often. She doesn't fucking throw shit around or throw punches or pull knives or guns because I don't bring that out of her. I don't antagonize her. I don't hit her hot buttons to go there because I don't want that in my life. Cause at that point, if I'm hitting her buttons, well then it's kind of my fault. And I own that. You know, that, oh, I said this. Yeah, we, you probably ought to not if you don't want the fight. And, and that's just kind of the whole point. It's be aware. But instead of judging it with some kind of morality, just look at it for what it is and then decide, is this something I can accept or no? But Joe, you well, that. that conversation has to be had in the beginning, even if it's a friends with benefits. It still change. It can still change over time, though. I agree with you. We're not in disagreement, but and within that, that conversation about the boundaries, there are, and you don't express this, like you don't tell her this is what this is. There are non-negotiables, and there are things that can be that that are boundaries, but you have the understanding that they're going to be tested, sometimes crossed a little bit, and you're still going to enforce some kind of uh, negative consequence. But within, within that conversation that the non-negotiables have to be understood. Yeah. But once you make that a non-negotiable, you have, that has to be like that. You have to make that a non-negotiable and it happens. You have to follow through. Yeah. You have to enforce it. Absolutely. And that's where you have to decide ultimately what are the things that are deal killers, deal breakers for you and be prepared to enforce them because it will ultimately go there. And so you have to be willing to say, I will walk if you do X, Y, Z, I will fucking walk. You'll never hear from me again. Well, you, whatever it is that if you decide to bring it up and make her aware of it, which you should. You don't want to do covert contract shit where you've got all these expectations and boundaries, but she has no idea about them. You can't blame her at that point. Okay. But if you've made it clear, my question to you then is if you're going to walk, then you need to walk, even if it's been 20 years and not look back. Otherwise, that's when everything will fall apart because it's that respect thing. It's that contempt thing. 
you didn't follow through with your deal breaker. And so now she's going to run amok. She's going to go nuts and do all kinds of things to be like, well, I broke that boundary and nothing happened. What about the next thing? Let's push it and see what I can get away with. And I'm not saying it's conscious. I don't believe that it is. It's mostly unconscious that this stuff's going on, but you need to decide for you, what are your deal breakers? I can tolerate a lot of shit. There's only about five things total that it's like, oh, you do that, we're done. And I don't care if it's a month, a week, a day, 10 years, 20 years, 50 years, it doesn't matter. You do, you go there, we're done here. But that's because of me. You guys have to decide your own for you, but also realize they're going to test it at some point. And that's where I would even say start with smaller boundaries. You may not leave the relationship, but you're not going to talk to her. You're going to go home. You're going to be like, okay, I'm out. See you later. And you get in your car and you fucking leave. You go home. You don't text her right back. If she starts texting you, you leave it alone. You soft next her. You're just like, I, I'm not talking to you right now. And you only resume communication when you're ready. And, and that's, that's my take on that. So. Well, and so doing that, uh, giving it a consequence, like leaving when you're ready, but there has to be uh, some recognition of what she did. She has to take the first step and say, and, you know, apologizing for what she did. And like her saying, uh, I'm sorry for crossing this boundary. I did this. I know we said it's not going to be like this. She has to take that first step. She's got to make the initiative before you even consider uh, giving your giving your attention to her again. And as I'm telling you, it could be the simplest thing. My whole thing is uh, about phones out at dinner when we go to a restaurant. Like if we eat dinner together, that phone should not be out at all. Obviously, there are some extreme exceptions. But just to go, uh, go scrolling through social media or texting a friend, you know, no way. And not only have I expressed that with every single woman, every single woman has tested it. And the reason they don't do it long term is because of the consequence they get as soon as they do it again after I've expressed that that's a hot button issue for me. That I think that's rude, disrespectful, that we're out of dinner together, that I'm paying it. And you know, you're with me. It's my time now. And then giving it away to whoever is on the other end of the phone or whatever. That's pretty much saying what's going on with this phone is more important than you. So whatever the reason, but, and that's, that's like the little shit where it starts. And then I'll go back to uh, how we will overlook little shit sometimes. And like, I could, you could easily rationalize, well, you know, she's on the phone for a second and she had a rough day. I'm not going to say anything, or I just don't feel like fighting tonight. Or I don't feel like having to deal with this right now in this moment, because it really shouldn't be a fight. And you let it slide. And that's how it starts with the little bitty things. And then I think there are sensible boundaries that every man should have in common, like physical abuse, one of them, of course. Yeah. Uh, like her insulting you in public or in oh, front of people. That's, that's, a, that's one of my 20 year, you know, it doesn't matter how long you insult me in public, we are done. It's over. One time, they don't get a, re a redo after one. Yeah, one and done. That's because I let them know right up front. You know, I can tolerate a lot of shit, but if you disrespect me in public, you, you know, you, because that's what it is. It's contempt. If you're going to call me out in public in front of other people, oh, I'm done. It's like, we're done here. I may not be angry. I may not even hate them, 
It's just I'm not going to tolerate that because if I let it slide, it will happen again. Have you ever had to do that? I have. I've walked away from relationships because of it. You get one and that's it. In that in that particular one, that is a one and done. And it's like that I will not tolerate. Where if you're going to belittle me or whatever in public, I'm not going to make a scene because I won't. But trust me, the relationship is over at that point. We're done here. Rather she goes home with me or, you know, I take her home if I was driving or even if it's because I've had them where Joe, I've had them where I left them there. I left them at the restaurant or I left them at the public gathering, whatever it was, I've fucking left them there. It's like, oh, you going home, that's your problem now, not mine. And and I did not feel bad about it in the slightest. It's like, this is one of those non-negotiables for me. I see you, that. You tried that. And while it doesn't mean I didn't miss them later, because I did, but I also knew if they did it once, there's odds are they're going to do it again because I allowed it to slide. And, and that is one that I will not. It's like, if you want to disagree with me or whatever, that's fine, but you do it privately. You don't belittle, you don't do it in front of other people. You, you take me aside, we go off into a corner, we have that talk, whatever it is. And, I'm, and if that's how they do it, then I'm good. But if you decide to fucking snipe me, stab me in the back in front of other people, oh yeah, we're done first go are you like me and notice it happening all the time in public oh i see it happening to guys every day all the time women belittling their husbands and shit in front of everybody yeah and that's and that's why that's why that's a no-go for me it's like no i'm not no i won't do that i have enough self-respect but if you're gonna snipe me in public then we are done because it's just gonna get worse from there if you allow it to to to, to happen even if you go back after you know a week or whatever, you resume communications. It's gonna happen again. If it happened once, it's gonna happen again because you allowed it. And that's where that's one of my few, but that is a cross the line and we're done here. And and it's first offense. One strike, you're out. What that, is your other non-negotiables? Uh that's the biggest one. Let me think for a second because I know I've got like two or three other ones. Most of them involve things in public. Um, oh, here's one. <laughs> and, and it's not, I'm not judging you, Joe, but if a woman ever pulled a gun on me, we're done. Rather, I end up in jail, she ends up in the morgue, vice versa. No, we're done. I, but that's, I, and I get it. And, and I'm, you know, as... From my perspective, I'm happy for you that, that you guys are done. But at the same time, if you were to choose not to be done, hey, that's that's yours to figure out. That's the whole, hi, I'm into crazy bitches. My name is Rob. You get to figure that out. But you're still a good guy in my book. It, But that one is a deal breaker. It's like, Do you oh, have any idea like how bad that could have gone and how quickly that could have you, gone you bad? You could have ended up dead. Yeah. If we want to talk worst case scenario, we wouldn't be having this conversation. You'd be in the fucking morgue. She would probably either be dead herself if she killed herself or she would end up in handcuffs for murder. And she'd be sitting in jail awaiting a trial to spend X amount of time in a jail or in a prison. It could have ended so bad so quickly. And I'm looking at it from my end that it didn't happen that way. You're still here, obviously, which thank God you are. I'm glad. 
But for me, that's a that's a deal breaker. It's like we're done here. You just pulled a fucking weapon on me. It's got to be that nothing like that has ever happened between us in two years, and um, we've never had like a real serious argument where it got really bad. Like even just with words, you know, calling each other like awful things. Let alone it got it getting physical like that. And a gun, there's no way because, like you said, that shit can happen again down the line. And what if the next time it goes off? And if it does, then, uh, you know, worst case, there is no next time after that because you're dead. Now. And, and so, it will happen again if, if, if we get to work it out, it'll, it'll happen. happen again. Yes. Somewhere down the line. Yep. Yeah, you'll be looking down the barrel of that gun again. And it's, you got, you know, on some level, I know you have the ability, obviously, the capability, maybe some of the training in a lot of ways. You obviously diffused that. And that's great. But- are you ready to defuse the next one? No. Because you may not get the time to defuse it. By the time you react, it may be too late. Having guns pulled on you is not fun. No. good about it. No, exactly. You are probably as far off into left field as you can get if you're looking down the barrel of a weapon. And so, yeah, that's that would be another one that, yeah, she pulls a weapon on me. We're done. And I don't, you know, a gun for sure, but even a knife or anything that could be used as a weapon. She picks up the fucking rolling pin and threatens me with the rolling pin. We're fucking done because, hey, if she hits me on the head with that thing, it could either seriously fuck me up or kill me. So if she's brought a weapon into the argument, we're done there. You know, I, I may try to defuse it so to defend my own life. But the relationship is over the moment she brought that weapon into the equation. You know, if she leaves the weapons out of it, hey, we might be able to work through it. But a weapon got involved. Oh, yeah, we're done here. Because what if it had been instead of a gun, it had been the rolling pin and you forgave it. You let it go. And six weeks from now, you get into another altercation. But now she brings the gun. So that's those are probably my two biggest ones it's the you don't disrespect me in public and do not threaten me with physical violence you know that's those are probably the two that it's i don't care how long we've been together we're done it's over now if you're gonna bring a gun honestly you probably ought to use it because this is not gonna end well at that point well i snatch it out of her hand and not not slop not like real not being sloppy I did it the right way, but, um, and she wound up falling down and guess what? If the police came there and she even said that just because I knocked her to the ground, I would go to jail for that. Despite her pulling a gun. Yes. You understand? Yes. Oh no. I I'm in a hundred percent agreement. That's what I was saying to these guys earlier. That's what I said. It's like you did the smart thing when she picked up the phone and dialed nine one one, you got the fuck out of there. You left because if you hadn't, we probably wouldn't be having this conversation because your ass would still be sitting in jail. Hell yeah. So you did the smart thing. You got out of Dodge, you got the hell out of there. It's like, oh, fuck, bye. I'm done. I'm out. Because if the cops show up, somebody is going to jail. That's how that works. Well, nine, nine times out of 10, it's the, it's the man, no Absolutely. matter what. Absolutely. That's how it is here in Utah. If the cops show up nine out of 10 times, the guy is going to jail and 10 out of 10 times, somebody is going to jail. If, if you call the cops because you're arguing, somebody is going to jail. If they show up, somebody's leaving in handcuffs. More often than not, it's the guy. But even the woman, it's like, if you call the cops, 
one of us, if not both of us, we're fucking going to jail because that's what they do. That's the law. That's how it works. So if she picks up the phone and dials 911 and says, yeah, me and my boyfriend or blah, 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 you as the guy, get out of there now. Go get in your car and leave. Get a hotel, motel, go stay with your family, friends, sleep in your fucking car. You stay around, somebody is going to jail and odds are it's you, even if you did nothing wrong, okay? So know your boundaries, know what's coming when it comes. Don't let it surprise you, but you have to be aware that this is what I'm into. That's that's the whole high, I'm into crazy bitches, okay? You have to understand that, oh, it could lead up to this or it could lead up to that. And, and the first time it does, you you have to decide. And it's not even necessarily that it's um, a crazy bitch as a preference. Of yes. course, I don't like all the bullshit that comes with it. It just seems to work out that way. Uh, I don't know. Well, and, and, and you're right. You know, it's I'm looking at some of the things in the chat that's going on here. Um, yeah, it doesn't matter what's what the deal is, but. Guys, it's okay if you like crazy women. I do. Uh, every one of them, to some degree or another, they're fucking crazy. I, I think it's part of their condition. It's just, it's how they're wired. It's a matter of what are you willing to tolerate? What are your deal breakers? What are the things? And it doesn't even have to go to the extreme of physical violence and gun violence or knife violence. It can be just something as simple as she never shows up on time, you know, that, oh, I'm a punctual guy. When I say seven o'clock, I mean seven o'clock, not 705, not, you know, anything like that. And if she's constantly late and she may have valid reasons, I got hung up at work. I got hung up in traffic. I got hung up wherever it was, but you have to decide, is that a deal breaker for you? Because if it is, then you have to enforce it. Or is it something you can live with that you're like, oh, like a good example with me and teriyaki. Okay, for my dad's, no, it wasn't my dad's birthday. It was my birthday. My dad called me up and said, hey, I want to take you and teriyaki out to dinner for your birthday. Well, I know my dad. He's punctual. If he tells you seven o'clock, he'll be there probably at 6.55. Well, I don't want to keep him waiting. And so I made it very clear to Teriyaki, I want you to come. I want you to get to know my dad better because he's a good guy. I also know that you tend to run two hours late. So I need you here no later than 6.45. That is the drop dead. I need you here before that. She showed up on time. She was there. She pulled out all the stops and, and put down all the distractions and fucking did it. So I know she can do it. But does she do it all the time or is she kind of chronically running late? She chronically runs late. Is that an issue for me? It's enough that I'm aware of it. But is that a deal breaker? No. All I know is, oh, I either need to tell her very clearly, you know, eye to eye, face to face, I need you here at this time. Then she gets it. Or I need to realize, yeah, it is, you know, or the other one is, okay, we have reservations to go and do whatever at seven. I'll tell her it's at five or at six. That way she gets done with her shit and she shows up and she's actually on time. I've got other family members we've had to do that with. And some of them are guys. 
They're not women. So decide what's your deal breakers. And in my book, you know, the the two hours late thing is an example. Yeah, there there could come a point where, wow, you you majorly let me down here. But in general, oh, I accept it. If I if it was that big of a deal, then I wouldn't be with her. It would be like, yeah, I, I need someone who's punctual. And if you can't be, then we're done. But in my case, it's like, eh, most of the time it doesn't matter. It's all good. And on the times that it does, either I stress very carefully how important it is that you need to be on time, or if I think, eh, even then that may not work, I'll just tell her it's earlier than it actually is. That way she'll show up at seven o'clock and I'm so sorry I'm running late. Ah, you're good because we're already, you know, you're actually on time at this point because yeah, I bullshitted you and gave you a false time frame. But I also knew that's what it would take to get her going. It's not a deal breaker until it is. But well, I don't. What do you? How do you enforce that? What do you do? For me, it's simply a matter of being able to let it go. Okay, I can't change her and then expect her to always be punctual because shit happens. You know, you got stuck in traffic. You, you you ran late at work, and so you had to stay over to make up your hours. Whatever it is. I mean, I let her know that, wow, that's that's incredibly disappointing. She knows in my tone that it's like, oh, shit, wow, he's really disappointed. But is it enough for me to leave? No, because more often than not, eight out of ten times, the time frame doesn't matter. And so it's like, eh. You know, I am on my way. Okay, that means in two hours she'll be here because she's got to fuck around and do a bunch of other shit. Okay, it's not a big deal to me because eh, we don't have a drop-dead time frame where this has to be done. But when it does involve a drop-dead time frame, she comes through every time. She's never let me down so far as far as like, oh, this would require me having to leave. It's like, no, I just know that, okay, well, there's things that I can rely on her that I can say, hey, can you help me out? And she'll do it. And it's, it's good. There's other things I've learned. I need to take charge of that. It's my problem. I need to do it. And so I leave her out of that equation and I handle it. That way I'm not getting upset. She's not feeling stressed and I got to hurry, yada, yada, yada. It's a, it is what it is. This is who she is. She's 34. It's not going to change. If it was, it would have changed 10 years ago. It would have happened back in her 20s. So I either learn to accept it or I have to decide this isn't going to work and I'm walking. That's that's my take. So, well, that sounds pretty easy for the uh, late thing. Yeah. That's that's just my specific example because that if there's anything that we run into that could be um potentially a conflict that is the most frequent one is the time thing because i'm punctual if i say seven i mean seven and i will be there even before seven but i also realize that's my thing and not everybody else is like that and so it's either you accept it or you take responsibility for that whatever it is during that time frame or you tell them time earlier you know that it's oh it's happening at five that way when they show up two hours late they're actually on time then there's no conflict and everybody's good. Everybody gets along. Everybody has a good time. Nobody's butt hurt. Nobody's pissed off. Nobody's upset. It just, you have to learn at some point to accept there are certain things that it's on them, but they're not going to change it. That you threatening them is not going to change it. Not permanently, especially. So you have to decide, is it acceptable or no? 
more or less picking your battles. Yes, absolutely. So yeah, that's that's what I that's how I see it. You know, you as the guy have to decide one. Hey, I'm I I like crazy because the sex is great. She's enthusiastic and willing to do whatever demented, perverted fantasy I have in mind. Odds are she's probably already done it and she did it even better with the other guy than she'll do it with you. Doesn't mean you get angry or pissed off or bitter about it. You just accept it and go, hey, at least I'm able to do X, Y, Z with her. And she's she's happy to do it. She's enthusiastic about it. You definitely have to get comfortable with that fact. Yes. Oh, if, if you're going to try to be the guy who's the alpha of all alphas who ever alphaed about alphaing, that you're that guy, you're going to be miserable because there's always someone, she's been with someone, whether sexually or not, she's been with someone that in her eyes, he's going to be quote unquote better. You just have to be the best you can be for you and be good with that and be good enough to realize as, uh, as an example, maybe you like tying your chick up and she's into that. She's crazy enough to do it with that. Oh, bondage. Yeah, let's do that. I'm excited. But odds are, that girl has been to Vince from Masculine Geek, where he mummified her and he did all kinds of crazy fucking shit to her that is not your thing. Either you know about it, but you're not into it, or you didn't even know that shit existed, but she's already done it. And so she did it with Vince. You have to be willing to be like, eh, I'm okay with that. There's always someone who's going to be her first. Rather, first sexual experience, first BDSM, whatever it is, there's always going to be that guy. And I mean, if she's young and naive enough, it might be you. But otherwise, it's going to be some other dude. Yeah, if she, if she agrees with enthusiasm, that means she likes it. Yes. And the only way she knows she likes it is if she's done it before. Yeah. And, and you as the guy have to get over the fact that, yeah, she's already done that. She's probably done worse, you know, with guys that are better at that thing than you are. That's how she learned it. She learned yeah. it from some, some other dude. So if anything, it, I look at it as more like, I need to go meet this guy and shake his hand and say, hey, thanks, man. Because she got all that through you, not through me. I didn't have to train her. I didn't have to teach her. She already knew what she was doing and was into it. So I can either be pissed about it or I can be thankful and be like, oh, God, man, that, that was even better than I thought it was going to be. So obviously she knows what she's doing. Accept it. Accept that's how it is, guys. Accept that women are crazy bitches. It's just to what degree are they? And where's your line to either end it if it comes to that or to protect yourself to some degree from it ever happening. You have to you have to be the one to figure that out. And the women will tell you, you know, oh yeah, I'm crazy. I'm hard to love. I'm this, that, or the other. That's my ex-wife did that right from day one. And it's like, oh, initially I was like, oh, she's just being melodramatic. Yeah, I was the one creating excuses and and outs. The truth well, was she was nothing but honest. I said that earlier. Even guys who are new to women and new new to the experience of women can sense red flags. Like they know there's something off and they just deny it to move forward because they want the pussy. That's simple. But what they don't realize is <clears throat> like what happens down the line, you know, how, how much more extreme it gets. And, you know, it's not just little things like her telling you how crazy she is. It gets way worse. It's a saying, I don't know who says it, but uh, who made it up. But when somebody tells you who they are, listen, 
Where the hell did he go? I want to go get a beer. There he is. Yeah. Had to take off for a second. It's old man syndrome and beer. Uh, okay, if she's been through Vince, <laughs> there's no going to be no way to properly please her. And and yeah, there's there's truth in that. Um, that doesn't mean she can't be right or good for you. It just means there's always going to be some other dude in the background, whether she ever talks to that guy again or not. I know for a fact that I'm that guy for a couple of women that them going forward to other other men i'm still that voice or that image in the back of their head i didn't plan it i didn't try for it it wasn't conscious it's just how it went it's no different they're gonna the women are gonna have their things okay and, and yes suleiman it's it's old man bladder that's the, the the shit detail when it comes to drinking beer and being old you gotta pee every 30 seconds so how many guys here, both for the live viewers watching right now and for the guys on the replay, uh, guys in the chat, I want your interaction on this. Press one if you like crazy bitches. And for the guys at home, I mean, you can comment on the replay if you do or don't. But the most important part of this is to, it's not about identifying a woman who's crazy. It's identifying that you like crazy and then you have to decide what to do with that okay so that's to me is kind of how i i look at it it's there's nothing wrong with them they are what they are they're always going to be that way if they're over a certain age is it acceptable can you deal with it it is it's pick your battles i mean you can have you know, I'm going to leave if you X, Y, Z, you can have a whole list that, man, you're going to leave at the first drop of a hat. Well, maybe you need to look in the mirror. Maybe you're being too unrealistic. But then again, you could also be the guy that is so laid back that she gets away with murder. And you have to be the one that it's, you allowed it. Either you passively allowed it or you passive aggressively allowed it or you actively allowed it. You have to decide what your boundaries are and in my experience, and this is just me, the less expectations I have, the less boundaries, the smoother things go. Because most of the time, it's little things that don't really add up to much. It's the, oh, well, put a cap on the toothpaste. I could give two fucks. I mean, I always recap my toothpaste, but if she doesn't, that is not grounds for me leaving or getting into a fight. I'll just put the fucking cap back on it and it's no big deal, okay? But if she ever comes to a point of pulling a gun on me, we're done. If she ever disrespects me in public, in front of family, in front of friends, in front of total strangers, I don't care who it is, we're done. Everything else is just details. At least that's how I view it. And you have to decide what works. Well, it all boils down to, uh, like really, no matter what happens, it's your fault. You're responsible for it. Either you didn't set that boundary, you didn't enforce the boundary, or, you know, however you want to look at it, but it's your fault And at the end of the day. Like, when she gets to a certain point, it's because you weren't following through with what you said, or you didn't have those boundaries set, but it's your fault. And I think what happened last night is my fault. You know, I, I allowed that over time by being more accommodating with her because of the, the good things and the qualities that she brought. So I said, well, maybe I can overlook this little thing, that little thing, and even knowing better and, and still doing it. Now, you know, she, obviously she pulled the gun, but, you know, there is a part in there, a, a huge part that I played that allowed that to happen, that it 
wound up the way it did. And, and, and we all do. But it is kind of going back to something you brought up early on in the show. There's, there's a point of owning your end to say, yep, I, I allowed whatever I, you know, it is your fault. But there is also, you still want to keep a clear enough mind to say, yeah, this end of it was my fault. But that doesn't make her blameless. That doesn't make her uh, pristine. That, hey, it takes two. And while you may have let shit slide and you accommodated and all of that because of all the benefits you were getting from it, at the same time, part of it's on her. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's just fucking psychotic. Yeah, well, and, and, about it. well and, and look at it. The, the way I look at it's like this. Let's take the, the deadly force out of the equation. Not the gun itself. The gun is still there, but let's just assume for a minute that it was unloaded or there was no way in hell that it was going to fire, you, you know, the, the firing pins damaged or something. And you knew that you knew that there is zero risk with her pulling this gun on me. It's never going to fire. And so I don't even need to worry about it. It's the fact that she pulled it to yeah. me that that is incredibly disrespectful. That's intent. Yeah. Yeah, it's intentional from the way you described it. It's not like she just had it on her and she reacted and pulled it. She went into another room and picked it up and came back out. No, I mean, with the scenario, if if it didn't work uh, or it was a not, not functional and I knew that and she didn't, it's still the intent. Yes, that's what I mean. It doesn't matter that the gun works or not. The fact that she pulled it tells me everything I need to know for me, that if that had been the shoe, you know, I'd been dealing with that. Um, that would have been, oh yeah, we're done. Rather the gun worked or not, the fact that you pulled it shows me how little you think of me. The fact that you're willing to fucking bring a gun to the show, you know, you're, 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 you're arming yourself. We've been together however long and yet this is how you're doing it. You're bringing a gun. Yeah, that's, it's incredibly disrespectful. Absolutely. And to think two hours prior, it was fun, loving, all this the way it's supposed to be and like that that well, yeah. that's definitely a non-negotiable well i i would hope so because you got lucky in a way that nothing happened if you stayed with it the next time something could happen that you may not live through to learn from so and and then taking account the uh call calling the police you know that's another thing that you should never accept uh your girl calling the police on you just to use it against you. Right. I've had, I've had chicks do that before. Oh yeah. I, I've never personally had a woman call the cops on. Me. So I don't know what that's like, but it sounds absolutely horrible to me, but you and I, I've got three, four other friends in real life. They've all had the same experience where the woman called the police and it was lies. It was oh yeah. It's all lies. And it's, they were the ones that paid for it. The guys paid for it. Whether they went to jail, they got a summons, they, they had to pay a fine. Even when the woman dropped the charges, oh, I don't want to charge him. I was just drunk and I was pissed. The state picked him Exactly. Once the state gets involved, it's out of your hands. And so that's all, all the guys I know, all of them that had the cops called on them. Three out of four, the woman didn't want to press charges. She woke up the next day and was sober and sorted it out and was like, oh God, what did I do? And so she's calling them going, hey, I want to drop charges. 
And they're like, we don't care what you want. You called us. It's now our baby. So your guy's being prosecuted. You know, it may yeah. not go anywhere because you're the primary witness, but he's still going to go through the hassle because you called us. So just don't let it get there. And the state could still deem you guilty. Yep. Even with her saying, I want to drop the charges. It didn't happen like that. Yep. Yeah. If they prove it in court, if it goes that far, yeah, you could end up, you know, having a domestic violence conviction, which in the state of Utah, domestic violence is a class B misdemeanor. It's, it, it's ideally, it's supposed to carry the same weight as a speeding ticket. The truth is domestic violence, even though it's a misdemeanor in Utah, it's treated like a felony. You can end up going to prison and pay huge fines. And now you've got this big ass black mark on on your record that can affect you voting. It can affect you um, owning firearms. Uh, it can affect a lot of things. It can affect future job employment options because everyone assumes that if you got charged and convicted for domestic violence, then that means you're a wife beater. Well, that you're violent, that you're angry. Here in Louisiana, to work at the refineries on the river, you have to have a TWIC card, a transportation workers identification, I think. And if you can have a murder charge and get this these credentials, but the domestic violence, you ain't getting touched. You'll never work in that industry. Over murder. Yeah, the, the fact that uh, you can be a convicted murderer and still have more options than someone who got charged with domestic violence. Okay, that's what I'm saying. In Utah, we have two misdemeanors that are treated like a felony. Domestic violence is one, and the other one is DUI. You drive, you know, you drive drunk or stoned or something. You're driving under the influence. That's what DUI stands for. It's treated like a felony. That's you know? only a misdemeanor in Utah. It's only a misdemeanor. No shit. It it takes three DUI convictions for it to actually go up to an actual felony, but it's treated like a felony first offense. That's just how they do it. Well, how do you mean it's treated like that? If it's, if you charge with a misdemeanor, like what are the consequences that come well like, with, with most, it that make it like a felony? With most misdemeanors, you're probably just going to pay a fine. You might, if it's severe enough as a, as a misdemeanor, you might do some time in jail like 30 days or something at most, okay? With like DUI, if you're convicted, one, you lose your driver's license. They revoke it. So if you had a job like I do, driving a commercial vehicle where you have your CDL, you just lost your license and your job, okay? You're, you're done. On your first offense? First offense. Oh, shit. Yeah, okay? You can actually not only go to jail, you can actually go to prison for a DUI. Now, first offense, you're not usually going to go to prison, but going to jail, yeah, easily. That's another way you could lose your job. Even if you don't have your CDL, the fact that I, I'm in jail, your fucking employer can fire you, okay? That's just how it rolls. The fines, the amount of money you're going to have to suspend or, or, or to spend to get your driver's license back and to basically get back with your life starts at about $50,000, Jesus. Well, between the fines that, that the court's going to assess you, your lawyer fees, because that is an offense that is treated so severely that you don't want to go in and represent yourself because you'll get fucked right in the ass because they, they could have it be, well, your license is suspended for 30 days. They can suspend it for five years. They can revoke it. 
and you can never have a driver's license again. And this is all first offense? It can be, yes. Damn. Yeah, Utah does not fuck around with DUIs, and they don't fuck around with domestic violence. And so they're misdemeanors, but they're treated like felonies. And, and that's the thing. It's like, that's the point I'm trying to make here. It's like, know your boundaries, know what you have, know your laws where you live. How does your area treat domestic violence? How do they treat DUI, whatever it is? Do they treat it as the misdemeanor if that's how it's labeled and classified? Is It's like, eh, it's not that big a deal. It's a traffic ticket. You get some points assessed and you're fine. Or are they treating it like murder? You know, that, oh, well, we're going to lock you up and you're going to have to spend a huge amount of money to clear yourself. You have to decide. But know your laws. How do they treat domestic violence? What is the likelihood that if you're the guy in the relationship that you're going to end up in handcuffs if either she or someone, a third party, your neighbors, hear you guys screaming at each other and they call the cops? Are you willing I've seen to that one too. I've oh, seen yeah, that, that one. That one happens way more often than the girl calling the cops on the guy or the guy calling the cops on the girl. In Utah, that that is the norm. It's It's almost never one of the parties being involved. It's an outside party that called the police. And the guy's still leaving in handcuffs based on whoever the fuck called the police, what they said. Yep. And it's basically treated like a felony. And so uh, Michael brought up an interesting question. Something similar if you caught drunk on a construction site. I would say it is. I know it is in my job that if I was under the influence, even if I wasn't driving, uh, it's it's bad. And so it's one of those, don't do it when you're on the job. Don't do it as you're going to the job or leaving the job. Save it for when you're home. Save it for the weekend, whatever. Save it for when you're off duty. Don't do it while you're on. Just because, yeah, it's, and, and maybe with Joe, it might be different, but I know in, in Utah, that's how it's kind of treated. So yeah, it's, it's rough. I don't have any idea about that law on a construction site. Okay. They have people that drink on it. I mean, they hot. It's not out in the open or blatant. Right. Yeah. And I've seen that before too, but I think that, you know, you as the person hiding it, you're taking your chances. Well, and I don't think, I mean, I've seen people get caught. I've never seen a DUI come of it. Oh, interesting. Get fired. Yeah. Now, see, and I've, I've actually seen, cause it kind of comes down to your employer. Do they, do they just fire you? Cause that's, that's pretty much a given, but do they fire you? And that's it? Or do they fire you and then have you prosecuted? I've seen employers go both directions. And it's like, oh, and if they prosecute, you know, if they call the cops or whatever, dude, it's it's a nightmare. So, but guys, we're at the hour and about 35 minute mark. Uh, I want to start kind of winding down and getting ready to wrap it up. Joe, do you have anything else you want to add? Anything you want to say? Anything you want to plug? No. I mean, the regular stuff, at Proud Masculine on Instagram. I'm um, my website, proudmasculine.com. I'm, I'm feeling a little under the weather today. I ain't interested in some long uh, spiel. Okay, fair enough. And that's Not all today. No, it's all good. And guys, you know where to find me, robsays.net, or just the name Rob Says, all one word on YouTube. Uh, obviously, the guys in the chat, you either subscribed or you somehow found my channel through random chance, whatever, but you want to see my stuff go there. Uh, I'm still working on things. I'm still figuring out what my next move's going to be. Uh, I think it's going to be more in the format of like what Joe and I are doing, which for those who don't know, Joe's now an official co-host of the Salt Lake sit down. 
So when I do shows, unless Joe cannot participate or doesn't want to, which is fine too, but otherwise you're always going to see Joe. Joe's part of the show now. So either you love it or you hate it. Either way, he's here and he's here to stay. Get used to it. Yeah, pretty much. Get used to seeing him as a regular fixture on the show. So, because we, we do have some good dialogues. We do have some good conversations and I enjoy his company. So he is going to be part of the show from, you know, from the last time, honestly, but for those who didn't catch it, he is going to be a a full-time guy on the show when we have the shows, which typically fall on Sundays like today. So with that guys, I'm going to go ahead and call it. Joe needs to go and nurse whatever he's got going on. He's not feeling good. I've got shit to do. You all got shit to do. So we'll see you guys all next time. Greetings from the humongous, the Lord humongous, the warrior of the wasteland, the Ayatollah of rock and roller.